0: Has it occurred to you that the systems we live by are not designed to get results? We pay for procedures instead of outcomes, focusing on emergencies rather than preventing disease and living a healthy lifestyle. For over 25 years, I've taken care of Olympians, Paralympians, A-list actors, and Fortune 1000 companies. If I did not get results, they did not get results. I realized that while powerful people who control the system want to keep the status quo, if I were to educate the masses, you would demand change. So I'm taking the gloves off and going after the systems as they are. Join me on my mission to create a new tomorrow as I chat with industry experts, elite athletes, thought leaders, and government officials about how we activate our vision for a better world. We may agree and we may disagree, but I'm not backing down. I'm Ari Gronich, and this is Create a New Tomorrow podcast. Hello, this is Create a New Tomorrow with Ari Gronich, the performance therapist, and I'm here with Sesh Sukhdeo. He is a global transformation expert, collaborative partner in business and in uh, everything else. He's spoken at the UN and parliament on uh, collaboration I'm going to let him give a little bit more information about what he is and who he is and how he does what he does. But Sesh, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And uh, you're you're in London, correct?
1: I'm in London. Yes, absolutely. I'm I'm in London. It's good to be uh good to be here at the moment. <laughs> Weather there today? Well, it's not. It's been not too bad. We had a, we've had a really interesting month. Been really hot, warm. Um, but also rain and, and a bit windy, and, and this week's been a bit cool. So we've had both both extremes.
0: Well, that's good. I'm here in Florida. It's about ninety something degrees, humid, rainy, and thunder and lightning storms all all day and night. So it's been uh, it's been pretty fascinating here. But um, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself and why is it that, that I'm talking to you?
1: Sure, Ari. So um, a little bit about myself. So uh, I was I, I was. Born in the UK, I, I've had a, an interesting career, uh, uh, both from a management perspective, relationship perspective, and experience perspective. I, I've never been one of those people that has been the most academically intelligent, and I never, I never sort of um, s- sat really well within the confines of a box. My creative thinking, my innovation, my freshness uh, has always stood me in good ground, and I probably always came to the table with an element of sincerity from a very young age, um, always came wanting to serve or wanting to help. And through my career, that's allowed me to do some really wonderful position, you know, do some really wonderful things and work with governments, work with private businesses. And I mean, it, it's, a, it's amazing. It, it, it really is amazing in the sense of what is possible when you, believe in yourself, and that's what I'm saying, when you believe in yourself, and when you open up these channels for opportunity, you know, so, so look, I, I don't want to, you know, it's not about necessarily all the greatness. I think it's about what have I learned? What have I learned in that process?
0: <laughs> there is a specific thing that I think is uh, is awesome, and that is you and I have something in common, and we don't really talk about it that often, but what we have in, to- in common is you and I both worked as behind the cashiers at 7-Eleven. Oh, wow, that's right. And what, what I did not have the opportunity to do, and you did, is you ended up years later
1: being a consultant for the CEO, correct? Yeah, well, in fact, the CEO uh, eventually became my client. Um, it, for the government of Mauritius, I, I won a, a two-year project there. And the best person that I could find who, who was actually doing some work with the World Bank on innovative thinking and systems thinking was, was the ex-CEO. And, you know, it's amazing. But actually, I mean, when I look back at my career, you know, it's, it's, it has that trait that wherever I have been, I've managed to build a beautiful relationship and I would always have this vision of someone, whoever was at the top, being my friend. And it's happened, you know, not once, not twice, <laughs> but, you know, I think seven times. I did my MBA late in my life, Ari. What are the chances of the dean of the business school then becoming my client? That, that is... <laughs> interesting. yeah. but that's all, you know, that's all because, because of, of... It's not my luck.
0: <laughs> no, what it sounded like... <laughs> It's by plan, you've, you've visioned it. You said, I'm good enough to be that and so I can envision that that's gonna happen.
1: Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, but you know, I think that but when we look back at our early days though, Ari, there are some people who will know how to work the system and there are those who are still having to grapple with their self-worth. So I grappled with that, Ari. Truth be told, for many years, I grappled, and, and I never thought I could be the face of a brand. Can you believe that? We
0: have a lot in common. It, it, is, it is an interesting thing to be the face of a brand. Like Richard Branson is the face right. of Virgin, right? Elon Musk is the face of Tesla, and anything that happens within the company is not have anything to do with the company. It's all Elon Musk or, or Richard Branson or whoever is the face. Right. A lot of responsibility and, and dedication that has to happen because you have to be authentic 100% of the time.
1: You, you've, you've got it. You've got it. So when you said that we've both got this in common, we've also got some other things in common. I think that was my whole point. We might have worked in an environment and we started our careers very early on serving customers. And today we're still serving customers, (laughs) just in a very different way. But you know, what you said there is really true. Being authentic isn't just a phrase you just say and write. I think they live it. The greatest leaders that we know, the icons of leaders that we identify with, their brand promise is really their authenticity. And that's something which, which, you know, I'm still going through to be authentic, to ensure that I'm authentic and uh, to not be influenced by who, where, you know, what they said, what I've done. Um, because that really is just um, the ego playing there. Right. So being
0: the face of one and done, that's your company and game changer sesh, Sure. Tell me about what it's like to be developing something that then brings along others and becomes a movement, right? Versus just being a company that does a thing and provides a thing, right? You're creating a movement. And that's really something that I am extremely interested in with Create a New Tomorrow is Sure activating people so that they can create their movement so what are some things that that are traits that it requires to do that i think the first
1: thing is that they always say wisdom prevails but within wisdom requires you to continuously learn to fill up that wisdom bank um and uh, you know i'm open-minded you know and i enjoy that open-mindedness and You know, those traits that you're, you know, that we need to think about the next era. And I I, I use that word because I came across a a beautiful leader. His name is Barry Holmes and Damien Sandu from um, Home House, a a beautiful, prestigious business environment in London. And I sat in on one of their, their, their webinars. I was amazed because they had leaders around the world talking about the next era collectively. So no longer do we, I think, differently. We are together creating the change and being the change. It's not just about one leader. And I think that the, the, what's happening, we're in that phase, Ari, where consciousness as a collective, the collective consciousness is now coming together to create and be that change. And we have to be ready to take that mantle to be that change. And that's why I do what I do. You, I create that movement because I want people to have that. I want them to live their passions. I want them to identify with like-minded people and souls who can make a difference because no longer are we shackled in business. You know, uh, yeah, from, from Game Changer, which we did on the 19th of July, you know, Ari, I've done f- at this moment, five global webinars with presidents of countries, <laughs> prime ministers, presidential candidates, you know, for Africa, you know, for Asia, for UK. Um, and, and that movement is, it's just an expression. It's just about facilitating a conversation None of us, none of us, Ari, likes talking to anyone who's not listening.
0: I like that. Uh, You know, when Martin Luther King was creating the Million Man March, right? Right. he's considered to be the person who was leading a movement. And then I look back at the history and I see Rosa Parks and I see all of the other people that it took to create a million person march. Right. And, and I think to myself, when, when somebody says, I'm creating a movement, what they mean, and they don't necessarily even know this, is I am creating a lot of other leaders. Beautifully. You have to be a leader to join in a movement and then participate and make it function.
1: Correct.
0: Now, there's, there's lots of leaders, right? Every presidential campaign has campaign managers and every city has people who are leading, has people who create the, the road and the door campaigns and the phone campaigns. It's like, there's a lot of leaders being made. And so my question to you then becomes, how does one become so passionate about something that other people will want to be in on being a leader in that movement.
1: Yeah, so I will answer that. But before I answer that, I'll ask your listeners to maybe reflect the following. I'm pretty sure everyone knows that the branded trainers that everyone wears. What does it cost for that trainer to actually be made? And what do you pay for it? Why do you pay the difference? because it's the sense of belonging. It's not written anywhere. It's the sense, the brand promise of a brand is no different to the authentic promise. That when you are coming from a heart perspective and and you are soulful and sincere, you will find that people recognize that value and will place a tremendous amount of respect and affinity to you as an individual, and and so I guess what I'm trying to say here is the leader who can propagate, who has a following, where people, as you are explaining, and you can, and and I you know, I totally understand what you're saying here because yes, we have a huge following now. <laughs> you know and we have lots more happening but that's because i want to make a difference i want to create an experience that's engaging because when you do that and i come to the table i don't know everything gary who does and i'm okay i'm the first person to say wow i love that yeah there are times Ari, and you know this because you've been a, you've been we've been together look what happened at achieve when i was there you know but every now and then we need to be placed on the correct stage with the right audience to be heard so that the best leaders understands their power of their inner voice they express it in a way in which the audience feels it And so that's why I keep coming back to it. The right engagement, Ari, creates beautiful experiences. And there's one thing for sure. Tell me a great memory that you can't remember. A great experience that you can't remember. You'll always remember them. And it's no different to a leader the greatest of leaders. Only this morning I got, a, I got a, a message from someone who I had, who worked for me many, many years ago. It says, you have been an inspiration for me. That is why I'm here today. That to me would be my legacy, Ari, knowing that maybe I'm not doing sufficient for charity, but I can still make a difference to people in other ways. And that's not written. There is no book that says that is a school of leadership. There is no, it's not there. It is. It is, it is now, you know, so, so anyway, that, I hope that made, I, I hope, I hope what I said resonates for you and, um, and your listeners.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you some of the harder questions, which are, sure. you know, you've been a systems engineer, so to speak. You've, you've helped create systems and infrastructures in countries, right? And so when you're doing something like an infrastructural proposal, build, creation, what are the, the obstacles that you find get in the way of, and the red tape, that gets in the way of really making that progress faster?
1: Yeah, so and, it's, it's the believability factor. because when you're confident, right, sometimes there's a saying, it's too good to be true, right? But, you know, that that is only in the beholder that holds that message. Um, So, yes, you know, um, I I think that creative part of me has always overcome that. But here are some of the blockages or barriers that I've experienced. Um, You know, I'll sit with a board and they'll say, we've tried this with the most prestigious consulting firms in the world. How can you do this? Right? Um, You know, we've been talking about this for two years. We just can't get this going. But it's too expensive. Or they'll say, you don't have the qualifications. Right? And I will say, tell me what qualification I need to create the best experience you would ever have. And tell me when someone, give me an example then of when someone has performed and has done and achieved things that have been remarkable. And they sit there, well, they they can't. Okay, well, if you can't, well, why are you judging me? And it's about having that heart to heart conversation. And what I say is, well, okay, If you find that some of this is a bit challenging to maybe um, accept, let's monitor and evaluate it then. Because if I perform, as in peak performance from your perspective, and I produce, are you prepared to share some of the upside? Because I am. (laughs) And, And it's this type of conversation. So there is some tactics, but It's more around, again, designing. Everything I have done has been around designing an experience. I'll give you an example, Ari. I was sitting one day, at at one point in my career, in a training course. And it was with one of the world's leaders who was mentored around Peter Drucker, around alliances. And he was taking a course. And I sat there and I looked around me and I had this aha moment. And I said, I can do what he's doing. I can also train. And you know what? I ended up being one being a world-class facilitator and trainer. I'm not surprised, but at the time, when I look back, it was never on my crib sheet of things I wanted to do. Right? Right. But there, right. But there we go. If, you know, those barriers are also, you know, it's for ourselves as leaders to overcome. Can I achieve this? How do I make a difference? What is the skills that I need or the competencies that I need to deliver? And it's an expression and what I do, whether it's through one and done or a consulting assignment or mentoring, is I truly, wish to have a beautiful conversation with you.
0: I've I gotten that quite a bit because, you know, we have had the, the pleasure of being in each other's company a lot. I've received some tremendous mentorship from you. Thank and, you. Uh, some of it has gone the other way. I know I, I helped you to walk a little straighter. You did. You certainly did. <laughs> but Thank uh, you. You know, so what did feels like to me is that you're saying that no matter what the block is, the answer to dissolving that block lies within the person who the block is with, not the outside system. So when somebody says to me, oh, I've, I've gotten hit with all the red tape or I've gotten hit right. with the obstacle on creating what I want to create, it's not necessarily the obstacle or the red tape or the thing, right belief that those things can stop a person from doing what they are called to do. Yeah. And it's a totally different conversation than there's red tape. We need to get rid of the red tape. We need to negotiate the, you know, the thing differently or whatever that is. It's a totally different conversation. It's an internal conversation, not an external
1: so true, Ari, so true. And that conversation has to have a sender and receiver.
0: So like, That's think-
1: why
0: I like doing mirror work a lot. Because I'm sending and receiving while I'm in a mirror. And mirror work to me is one of the most powerful things you can do. You're staring in a mirror for a number of minutes, perhaps yes. a long longer period of time than not, and you go from surface to depth. You start out at the surface. I don't see anything. I'm not looking at anything. And then all what is that on my face? What is that in my eyes? What is Correct. that on my skin? And then why don't I like that about myself? And then all of a sudden you get to, there's trauma there. There's trauma right. behind that. And then there's trauma behind that. And when I clear those things, all of a sudden, not only do I feel lighter, but things start flowing in a much more authentic manner and they start becoming easier for me. So let's talk a little bit about about that. How, what is the process that you use to become more authentic within yourself, to
1: to express yourself in that authenticity? So I think, there's a statement that someone made, and I can't remember who the famous uh, leader was or author, but um, often we attach ourselves to an outcome. <laughs> and that creates a desire, um, which if you cannot deliver on an or respect creates this imbalance okay, of worthiness. You've described something which is about purpose. Knowing your purpose. What is your purpose? And if you place your purpose higher than the trauma and remove the energy signature with that trauma, your purpose is divine. Now you tell me something, my friend. Why wouldn't anyone want to live with divinity? But we don't look at it that way. We, we tend to focus on the trauma and the energy and the issues and f- the emotional piece. We, we have this rubber band, <laughs> you know, that, that emotional rubber band, which is pulling and stretching us, you know, um, but, but really I am, I am. You know, I I don't need the material things to be, I am. I don't need that trauma to be, I am. I'm probably, we're probably more divine than that. Um, Now, I'm not, I'm not at all, uh, uh, you know, spiritually gifted from the perspective as some people are. Neither am I well versed in it. Um, But I do know that there was a point, Ari, where I let go. I let go of anger. I let go of failure. I let go of material things. I let go of emotional pain because of relationship breakups. Um, I let go of my self-sabotaging traits. And I placed my finger, you know, I am. I am, you know. And to me, ever since I started doing that a few years ago, um, I am have found other I ams and a great leader is only a great leader if he has what I will define as his dream team or her dream team. And I'm blessed today, Ari. Because in all my corporate career, I have never experienced the sort of love, devotion and affection and kindredness as I have today with people, including yourself, Ari, and others who are at the table, and we're enjoying what we do at the table. We don't have to necessarily dine every day, every week at the table, but you know that we make a difference, right? And it's that difference it's that difference which leaves that hallmark. So to me, to me, the lead the leader who who doesn't understand that we are we've shifted our ways of working. We've gone through a tremendous transformational shift. Businesses have had to repivot our ways of working. Have had to There There is now a tremendous co- collective consciousness of energy and people who are there because wherever there is fear, there is love and affection and affinity. That is what counters fear, right? right. And so, okay. you know, so that 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 uh, to me is is what the greatness has has happened. You know, and I I'm, and I'm saying this. It resonates because what happens is when you find that place, I am, people will come into your circle and they will bring with them that sphere of radiance.
0: Absolutely. I I was lucky. I I took a class when I was 18 years old, Right, a healing art form called I am. Oh
1: my gosh. I never knew that.
0: Yeah, I know you didn't know that at all.
1: <laughs> how would I know? Well, we've worked at 7-Eleven when we were young, and, and you took a class at a very young age called I Am.
0: Right. And that class wow. for I acknowledge myself. Beautiful. I acknowledge myself. And the, the idea of the class was really how do you differentiate when what you're feeling is yours versus somebody else's. When somebody else has put something on you, so to speak, whether it's a belief system or a trauma or a a thing at all, you know, or you're walking down the mall and you get a headache and that's not your headache. It's somebody else's. Right. So it's acknowledge what is yours and what is not so that you can separate the two and then you can deal with what's yours. I acknowledge myself. I am me. I am. And, um, it was a very powerful course, especially being 18 years old and not really having that kind of a level of understanding before. But what it sounds like you're saying, when you say I am, is I am acknowledging myself. I'm being who I need to be for the world at this moment.
1: Yes, Ari, and I, th- I also would say that I am it does not need to be influenced by the things around me or who 's around me or the material things that are around me. I am is as divine as i am it it is it is when, you, when we understand that peace um, uh, it gives us peace of mind. We calm that down because that that place of I am is more powerful than the mind having to keep resetting itself. (laughs) that that, that and yeah.
0: So how can, how can others, do you have any techniques for others that they can? No, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, you know, I, I will, as I said earlier, uh, you know, um, learning is, is, is an art in itself. And uh, we are never, never too old to learn. You know, I I think those techniques are around understanding your learning style, learning approach, doing the checks and balances, Ari, Um, but also, you know, reaching out to people who have that wisdom. You know, mentoring is not a nasty word. It's the most beautiful thing. Coaching, as you know, you know, you've coached and worked with Olympic, you know, athletes, global icons. Every athlete has a coach, has someone taking care of them. And I, I would say that there's a tremendous opportunity for everyone, and, and all of the you know, the most prolific leaders that I know are also, they have, they have coaches and mentors. Um, and you know, you'll find someone who resonates with you, and it could be one or two or three people. But eventually it's that wisdom that transcends from one person to another. And, and it was a beautiful story that, that uh, a beautiful comment that a leader gave to me last week. They were on a, 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 a major global virtual summit. Um, and she said, uh, you know, I was asked this question, you know, what do you think about money then? You know, why do you charge people then? She said, well, well what I'm giving is my wisdom. It's an exchange for my wisdom. And the word wisdom in itself is not just about intellect. We you know, it's not just about knowledge, it's a blend of other things. And 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 how do you put a price on that? <laughs> you know, so so it, you know, the, the things that I would suggest is is I'll, I'll probably give you three 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 things that maybe leaders can think about. One is remove the friction in our lives. You know, we we should seek simplicity. The second thing is to be in the company of people whose energy is uplifting. And get used to taking decisions about those that aren't early enough you know and the third thing is follow your gut that instinct that intuition actually isn't wrong if we if we know how to tune into it
0: so just to kind of recap what that is that you just said Get rid of the friction, the rub, the things that cause heat and inflammation, right? And, of course, I'm on the, in the medical world, so I look at body inflammation. Right. Foods that cause your particular body more heat, more friction, more inflammation, which basically is more dis-ease. Right. Get rid of people And I don't like the phrase toxic people. I don't think that people are toxic. I think that people are who they are and in some cases they're good for you and in some cases they're not. And I don't believe in that whole phraseology of, of toxic people, it makes me kind of cringe actually. What I am in favor of is my people, people that are drawn to me i'm drawn to them because we are lifting each other up so those are my people if, if you're in a in a crab bin and they're pulling you down that's those are not your people that doesn't make them toxic it just makes them human right right and so you'll you'll always find those people who are willing to lift you up and those people who want to bring you down and it's okay to separate yourself from those people who are wanting to bring you down and spend more time with people who are wanting to lift you up. Right. Uh, and, and part of that is a trauma in and of itself. For some people, like, like I've always known that I need a mentor, I need a coach. I am a coach, I need a coach. John McEnroe, best tennis player in the world when he was playing, had a coach. Andre Agassi had a coach, right? The best in the world has a coach behind them, has a team, has an entourage is what I call it. Right, the entourage that makes them who they are. And they just happen to be the ones out front doing the deed, right? So being on that, but at the same time, so many people that I hear say things like, I don't need help. I don't ask for help. I have trouble asking for help. Help is not something that, I, you know, you should be a man or you should be a woman, you know, an adult. You don't need help. You can do it yourself. So what would you say to people who are trying to change the world and do it themselves?
1: You know, if I was to put it this way, there are some people who can change the world and probably do it themselves, okay? Um, Without ego, right? Because they're doing it from a place of their passion and their purpose, you know? Uh, um, Whereas there are some leaders who believe they know best, And the fact of the matter is, how do we know we know best? On 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 whose court are we judging? <laughs> right? Um, and how many bad decisions have we made? You know, they will continue. The decisions are decisions, and it's but it's the learning out of those decisions which is the most rewarding, Harry. It is not just the nature of the decisions and the choices we've taken that is the systems piece. No, no, no. It is the learning that we've discovered and those attributes that we have assembled and drawn conclusions from that is the merit of progress. And, 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 you know, authentic leaders, you know, we still today have very, uh, you know, leaders who are very autocratic. We have leaders who are taking advantage of people. And we see that every day in, in some shape or form, right? Well, that is, their pers- that is their choice they've taken. Me and you can't be accountable for their decisions. They have to, they are the ones that have to grapple with that we tend to take the part
0: of other people's decisions that are in those leadership roles, right?
1: Unless you you take control and make the decisions. Right? See,
0: that was kind of what I was wanting to lead you into, is I hear, you know, you go on social media these days and you hear a lot of people complaining about the leadership that we have now and about the world and the state of the world that it's in. And what you just said is what Create A New Tomorrow, activating your vision for a better world is. It's you take control and make the decisions now.
1: That is what you're seeing happening, Ari. You're seeing that globally with, with, with protests we're seeing the rise of the planet and the environment now. It's you know, these aren't new conversations, Ari. They have been around, you know, corporate issues and, and the political issues will remain. Okay? What's shifting is the conscious, uh, consciousness of the people. It's the ability for people's voices to be heard and to be that different. Make that difference, you know, and that's and you're no longer alone. We no longer ARI are alone. Technology has allowed us to engage and, and find people, find our tribes, find people who can resonate with us. And so this this next wave we're in ARI, is and this is happening globally. I'm t- I, and I'm I'm telling you from the perspective, or sharing this from the perspective of engaging with global communities today, where everyone's conversation is around collaboration. Every sentence has this beautiful word, you know, well, me and you have been on that path for many, many years, but you know what? Um, you know, as, uh, as, as Bernie Dolman would say, <laughs> bless him, you know, we, we've been brought up in an environment that that probably was schooling us in the wrong way to compete. And we've been there all along, you know, we, we've been those shining lights, but every now and then, you know, someone's pouring a bucket of water because they don't want to see that because their egos are at play and, and, and the system's at play. But I believe, Ari, that, that we're in for a huge shift.
0: Is we have to upgrade our software, right? And he would point to his head, and say this virus of competition is the biggest upgrade in software to collaboration that we need. Correct. Our, our buggy minds, or buggy software has a lot of viruses in it, right? Yes. Competition is the biggest one. Right. And we need to upgrade our software to one of collaboration so that we can work together in order to make the world a better place. Well, we let's
1: should... just take that point, Ari, for a second. Let's just, let's just reflect on this. Is it our mind that collaborates? Or is it our heart that receives and gives? The mind should be the road that we take, the path that we, we go with understanding the person or the environment by using our senses to reflect. So your value exchange, if it comes from the perspective of a transaction from the mind, is never true, is always flawed, is always corrupted. Just, I hope that made sense. Yeah, no.
0: I, um... It's an interesting um,
1: perspective, for sure. You can teach me all the processes and show me all the processes around collaboration. There are hundreds of them. There are thousands of strategic alliance directors globally, partnership managers, right? Does the process make a relationship work? No. There's it's, something, it's the human.
0: Yeah, it can... It's, <laughs> It, but it doesn't make it work.
1: Right. There are it provides some things to look at and consider to facilitate that. But really what makes it work is the affinity of energy between two or more people. In yeah. its true sense. Absolutely. And 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 you know. Uh, When you come across, I mentioned that dream team, but when you have people who are giving their time fearlessly, self, you know, without selfishness, then we'll find ourselves in a place where we can collaborate better because we can then give, serve, and receive. So you are
0: midst of creating a little bit of a global revolution and, you know, upgrading some, some of, uh, of the systems that we use to collaborate and communicate and do events and so on. If you could think of one thing that would be the most meaningful for you, what is it that you need that would help propel you to that next stage of what you're looking for, what you're
1: creating? I think for me personally, and I'm talking about myself personally, a legacy that lasts, okay, needs a shift in totality. And so, if there was one wish, if you were my genie in the bottle, Ari, if I was to put it that way, it would be that, that I would cast the genie across the way in which we're educated and the systems that our children are having to deal with. The, the mandates that we find ourselves in, whether it's political, business, education, I believe very little is done that reflects today this concept of value, this concept of collaboration, cooperation, the the whole conscious aspect. I wish, you know, and Ari, think of it this way. And again, I'm sure that all your listeners would identify with the following. And my statement goes like this. If only... I knew what I knew today, 20 or 30 years ago, when we were starting our paths in adulthood. If only we knew, if only we believed, but instead we've been guided into subjects and areas of which, which aren't wisdom generating. Please tell me. How is it wisdom-generating? So my wish, Mr. Genie, would be the one wish I would have, would be to take the essence of wisdom, of consciousness, and to create an uprising so that the legacy for tomorrow as a collective makes a difference where we learn to collaborate earlier, not compete who can get round the track the fastest.
0: Live really close to Cape Canaveral. Wow. Go Beach, which is where I Dream of genie came from. (laughs) So I'm gonna do this and do that. (laughs) And I'm gonna gonna grant your wish because that's really what, what we're doing here. And especially for our kids, you know, one of the things I was, I was listening to to somebody the other day and they said that we are the sum total of the beliefs that other people had for us. And the best thing we could do is eliminate all of those beliefs and start to figure out what we believe about ourselves. And if I could make a school, right that would have a lasting impact, a legacy impact. It would be a school that really nourishes the souls and the passions of our our kids instead
1: of just teaching them stuff. Yes. Well, Ari, I I wanna share this with you. There is a huge, uh, a, a further opportunity that we have which we should not miss, which is that the future can also communicate with us today. And there are some very gifted, talented souls, individuals who are young. Why do we feel that we, can, we have to only relate to people who are our age group, okay? And so, so my wish, the, the way in which we do that, is to engage, and, and I'll share this with you, Um, I held a summit and and this is a beautiful story because uh, far often we we may walk past people and take no notice and I've come across a family called the Ben Salmis from London and I believe there's five children and each one of these children have been schooled, have been mentored by their their mother and and people around them and you know on this uh, virtual summit we had one of the youngest, one of the family members, and and I'm I'm sure he's not even in double digits yet. And he was talking on the same platform with ambassadors, diplomats and leaders. And this was his conversation with them. He said, one of the things I'm discovering is the value of why. Why am I here? What am I supposed to do was another question, but why? And all of that stemmed from his ability to connect with himself and his purpose. And, and, and it was, you know, absolutely amazing. Now, everybody on this webinar was floored. Because there you have this tiny bundle of joy and wisdom, shearing, and he held his attention. And I didn't realize, but he's an ambassador. He also has scholarships for his university already set up. Right? Each one of the, you know, well, I wish, I wish, I wish, I had some of that. Imagine being able to be around people, right? So this there is should there should be no vacuum. But we create those barriers, those layers. But actually, now we don't have to. And and I think you know, Ari, your your will, your goal of creating that school, and my desire of leaving a legacy which transcends back into the youth and the future leaders must be around how do we bring them to the table without making them feel they don't belong to the table just as you and i will enjoy eating our meal at the table with our sons and daughters it is with that same proudness and happiness instead of the ego playing with the knife and my knowledge of attack with the fork. No. The tools that we use are to embrace and, and I, I believe, Ari, we can make that difference. Whether it's one person that we bring to the table to have that conversation that then propagates. That's how we make a difference. We don't need a traditional
0: school, Larry. No, it's not a traditional school at all. And it's not my school, by the way. This is actually uh, an idea of one of your friends, Tanya.
1: <laughs> oh, bless.
0: <laughs> so I was talking to her. I read her book. And, yes. And, you know, it has her idea for this school in it. But, you know, I, I, I teach my, my son. I have a six-year-old son, as you know. He's the Correct. Most handsome thing on the planet. Um, yes. He looks like me, I've been told. And, uh, <laughs> and I read him these books I, that I read when I was a kid called The Value Books. And The Value Books basically take one topic and then attach it to a historical human being that exemplified that value. So right. integrity, or uh, we just did truth and trust, which was uh, Cochise, uh, the story Beautiful. of Cochise, and how he never lied, and so they thought, they, they knew that they could trust him, and what happened when trust was taken out of the table because somebody lied was war, and... Right you know, it's a very powerful lesson on those two things. We did uh, Cochise, uh, Cochise, we did uh, Adventure with Sacagawea, we did Benjamin Franklin and uh, Mm. Louis Pasteur, Amy, Mary Curie. So we've, we've done lots of different historical, you know, humans who exemplify a very specific value. And so when you're talking about values, I look at those books and I go, okay, I was really lucky to have found these books when I was a kid and now to be able to read them and then discuss them. So what did you learn? Beautiful. Beautiful. Lesson. What was the thing that really stood out for you? And, you know, how do you want to go about practicing these values? Right. I get, I get to be that, um, interactive with my son so that he knows that these are things I expect of him that I'd like for him to, to uh, aspire to become is having these values, bravery and uh, respect and integrity and all those things. And he gets to learn what the consequences historically have been for those who have not, you know, participated in that. So I, I feel really blessed that I get to do that. And what I notice is if I go to a a grocery store, for instance, I notice a lot of parents trying to control their and trying to make sure that they behave based on their own perception of what is good behavior. I do it as well, especially at a restaurant, you know, you have to have restaurant behavior. Um, That being said, I've also watched a lot of parenting uh, things online, and there's this one uh, lady, I think she's an Indian woman, who talks about not doing any of that kind of stuff, not putting your perceptions and your rules on your kids, because they're not yours. They're their own beings and they're not owned by you just because you had them, right? So, it's a really fine
1: balancing act. <laughs> and, and Ari, you know, uh, and that's so, so beautiful to hear, and, and this comes back to what we should be experiencing at a very young age. Now, I didn't have any of that. Did you? Do any, when you think of your people around you, do they ever talk about these sorts of wonderful experiences and introduction to these sorts of topics? No. And uh, my point is that our, everybody can take, you know, a slightly different angle and say well if my children are beings into their to themselves and they can express themselves freely then why can't we guide and share and encourage now if you leave that too late with children it doesn't become the norm (laughs) and as we know, the older you get, the harder it is to change because our habits and our psyche and our ego playing havoc with us. And I love what you've just said. It's very, very beautiful. Here again, you know, can you be Ari, the conduit? Can you bring families? Can you bring children to share what you've just described? to make that difference. Because as you've just said, what you receive out of that is priceless. Having that discussion, seeing Gabriel's expressions, seeing him when he's operating in his confidence, no qualification can give you that sense of feeling, correct? That's right. That's right. You know, and but I guess I guess what we're saying again, we've got something in common, right? Maybe our calling then, and if you're listening listeners, is maybe your calling is to be that difference. Take a step back. What could we do differently that's gonna make a difference for the for our children? for the people that are around us. And honestly, I've caught myself, you know, we dismiss so many things. We don't turn up half the time (laughs) because we dismiss. Well, we can't dismiss our children. Or we should not.
0: Anyway. We absolutely should not. So as I ask on all of these calls, three actionable steps, and I know we've gone over some, so maybe it'll be a little recap, but I just like to cap off uh, our conversations with this. Three actionable steps, things that people can actually begin to implement tomorrow, today, in their lives, so that they can activate their vision for a
1: better world and create a new tomorrow. Thank you. Well, thank you, Ari. Well, it's been a really wonderful, Um, interview. Um, I think we both can sense and feel what's happening here. Um, And so my three points that I would give, Ari, are free. Doesn't cost you a penny or a cent or a dime or a nickel or a dollar. Or a pound. or Or a pound. So my advice would be is just listen to your conversation. Is your conversation enriching? Is it warm? Does it have friction? Are you coming from that place of trying to truly understand? So the first thing is checks and balances on our conversations. The second is is to do with self-worth. I am is stronger than anything out there or anyone out there. It's divine. Okay. Uh, And the third thing, the third piece of advice I would give would be we are in the shift of conscious awakening conscious uprising globally on many fronts. And it's an opportunity to express and be part of. Um, I would ask you to shift, create a paradigm shift by turning up. Don't just look at someone's podcast and say, oh yeah, no, try listening to it as you know when we did game changer there were many people that turned up who least expected to turn up and right from linkedin to facebook said it was one of the best decisions that they took but they took that decision because they turned up very you know we all suffer from not turning up by saying oh we'll come to it later So by being present and being present in the moment allows you to turn up.
0: That again, friction, find the friction in your conversations, find the friction in your head conversations, your self conversations, as well as the conversations with others and show up, show up, show up. It's really hard to make a difference in the world when you're hiding in your cave. So true. Right? You know, the greatest monks in the world have had to come out of the cave in order to talk about what they learned in the cave. So it's okay, so true. It's okay to retreat back into a cave. And, and trust me, I'm an introvert. So I am somebody who, after this call, I'll be going into my cave for a few minutes in order <laughs> to, to rejuvenate, to process, and so forth. But then I have to come back out of that cave and I have to show up in the world, and I have to be an active part of it if I wanna see the change that I you know, would normally otherwise complain about. You know, That's one of, one of the things that I like to say to people that I'm consulting is, okay, it's fine that you're complaining about what is, but then once you've processed all of the complaints, and written them down in perfect detail. You can take that detail and turn it into an action list of what you wanna change, and then show up for those changes to become, for you to be a part of making that difference and being the change that we wanna see in the world, right? And I've, I've heard you say that a number of times, be the change, be the change, be the change that we wanna see because if we're not showing up, then nothing that we say means anything. And that means also, frankly, and, I, and this is where I like to pick a little bit of fights, get loud, a silence is the bully's best friend. So you have to get loud if you wanna stop the bully. And if all you're doing is going on social media and projecting your dissatisfaction with the world on social media, then you're causing part of that friction and if we learn to take ourselves off of that reactive point of view, and really into why am I reacting, and then how can I turn that around? Like one of the things I love about when when I when I talk with you is that almost everything that you say is stated in the positive. You don't say "don't run," you say "walk with effort," <laughs> right? <laughs> you see. You 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 state everything in such a positive language, and it's a lesson that that I continually learn. Beautiful. And so, stopping the the reactive social media barrage, and taking that step back and saying, "What can I learn from this?" and then how can I put this into a positive way and move somebody forward? That to me is is. Part of showing up and
1: Absolutely. Showing
0: up powerfully and in your authentic egoless self. Um, and so, thank you so much, Sesh, for being here and sharing your wisdom with everyone. And uh, just one last time, how can people get a hold of you if they need to? you Sesh at.
1: So it's gamechangersesh.com. Or if you just search Sesh, S E S H, you can't miss me. Um, there's very few with my name um, and uh, if you really want to search for me you will sounds good good. thank you so much also uh, Ari we're running an event on the 19th of September please for you and your listeners Um, it is a game changing event Um, it has uh, Alan Shelton and Marie Diamond and two other very very powerful speakers with us Um, I can assure you that if anyone who's listening to this podcast today finds a, something that strikes that chord that accord with them you will enjoy our event and i am my i'm inviting you and your listeners to be part of that turn up because you have, you just never know what might happen thank you so much show up Thank you so much, Sesh. And
0: I am uh, Ari Gronich, and this is Create a New Tomorrow podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ari. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate all you do to create a new tomorrow for yourself and those around you. If you'd like to take this information further and are interested in joining a community of like-minded people who are all passionate about activating their vision for a better world, Go to the website, createanewtomorrow.com and find out how you can be part of making a bigger difference. I have a gift for you just for checking it out and look forward to seeing you take the leap and joining our private paid mastermind community. Until then, see you on the next episode.